0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Study With Me podcast, hope you guys are well. On today's episode, we'll be covering the nervous system as part of the Neuropsychology unit of Psychology GCSE. I say this as a little memo during the beginning of every episode, but this project has initially been started by me as a form of my own personal revision. All of my information is sourced from resources provided to me by my school, and I follow a structure that aligns with my exam board syllabus. I take GCSE AQA psychology, thus potentially some of the content I may cover during my psychology episodes may not be relevant to you. Anyways, having gotten that out of the way, let's start. So the human nervous system. The human nervous system is split into two different types, called the PNS and the CNS. While the CNS, or the central nervous system, is responsible for processing information and is made up of the brain, spine, and nerves. The peripheral nervous system, or PNS, processes and is responsible for sensory and motor information being transported around the body through a network of neurons. Now, the PNS is made up of the autonomic nervous system, or ANS, and the somatic nervous system, or SNS. While the autonomic nervous system is responsible for for involuntary actions carried out by our internal organs and glands, the SNS is responsible for the skeletal muscles, and it's a voluntary system which you can control. Now, of course, there are more divisions. There are two divisions of the ANS the body can exhibit, and these are the sympathetic and the parasympathetic ANS. The sympathetic ANS is the body's biological response when under stress. The adrenal glands produce adrenaline, which results in vasodilation or vasoconstriction of blood vessels to to unessential organs so think of it as decreased digestion because digestion is not that important when you're in a fight-or-flight situation higher heart rate and higher blood pressure just to get more oxygen to those cells and our muscles now the parasympathetic ans is when the body's at rest therefore digestion is stimulated, sweat is regulated, heart rate and breathing rate are decreased Now, the balance between these two branches is called homeostasis and I think you should know that. On the topic of systems, we must mention the flight or fight response. The fight or flight response occurs in what I call a series of steps. First, our eyes detect a threat in the environment, causing the hypothalamus, which is a part of the brain responsible for hormones, being activated, therefore triggering the sympathetic ANS. This results in a hormonal response of the body, as adrenaline and other hormones are released into the blood from the adrenal glands resulting in vasodilation, therefore increased heart rate as well and breathing rate, which essentially causes the biological processes to change. Psychological responses also take place and the person feels more panicked and high alert. When the threat passes though, the body returns back to rest. Now. Since we're on this topic, this whole unit does mention another theory, which is very very important to learn, which is the James Lang theory. So what is the James Lang theory? The James Lang theory suggests that psychological changes result in emotion. Sorry, wrong word, not psychological, please ignore that, I meant physiological. Make sure not to make the mistake I just made and get confused between psychological and physiological because those are two completely different things. So, what this means is that, basically, the event is followed by a biological response which the brain interprets then resulting in an emotion. So think of it this way, a bad event happens to you which triggers you to cry as a physiological response which your brain then interprets as sadness and therefore you express sadness. So if you think about it, what James Lang believes is that if you get rid of the physiological aspect, the whole physiological response, you remove the emotion that's associated with it. He thought this as emotions have distinct patterns of physiological responses. Think of it as, when you're sad, you cry. A strength of this theory is that it can explain how emotions can seem to be controlled by controlling our physical response. Think of it ab- Think of it in a way in which, for example, you're panicked, right? You feel insecure, you feel anxious, but you fake confidence to mask that fear by not fidgeting and maybe not bouncing your leg up and down. Whilst you do this, you do reach a certain point in which you no longer feel that same fear. And therefore, this theory does have real life application in some senses. Another strength is that the theory has an evolutionary advantage. Since a quick physical response caused by a threat rather than waiting for an event to be considered emotionally allows for a higher likelihood of survival, it supports the theory as it would just make more sense in the evolutionary sense. However, different emotions have similar body patterns like attraction and fear because both have the response, the physiological responses of a quicker heart rate and sweating. However, It's clear that these two emotions are on the polar side, opposites of the spectrum. So basically, the James Lang theory fails to explain why these physiological responses are differently interpreted. A weakness is that there are a range of alternate models that have more face value. Because theories about emotion like the canon bard, which I'm guessing we're going to learn about later because I'm also still learning, If you get what i mean um suggest that the physiological response and emotion happen simultaneously but separately again i'll go into more depth on the canon bard in a later episode but for now we're just focusing on the james lang and now a final weakness a final weakness is the idea that the way the brain interprets emotion varies depending on the emotion Because neuroscientists have shown, using brain scans, that complex emotions travel through the cortex for processing and cognition. While others, like fear, travel through the amygdala, avoiding the cortex for immediate action. Therefore, the James Lang theory is just simply too simplistic. So that's everything for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I do have a small issue earlier on with the audio, my phone cut out. So please ignore the blimp. But otherwise, I hope you guys learned something new. I hope you guys enjoyed. I will be posting more episodes more frequently now because, you know, I'm trying to get my stuff together. But anyways, happy listening. Please, if you wanted to check out my other episodes, because I try. Um, yeah, have a nice day. Bye-bye.